Sup guys, this is Joe Blair, host of the Sports Gamble Ramble. I want to take a few seconds here to tell you guys about the Anchor app by Spotify. It is the app that I use to record and promote all of these episodes that you guys have been listening to. It's super easy to use. It's free to download. It uh, gives you the ability to edit and launch your podcast right from your phone or computer. Um, ton of upside to this, super user friendly, uh, and also gives you the ability to monetize your podcast and record nifty little ad reads like this so you know if you're ever interested in starting your own podcast or know anyone that is uh download the anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started and thank you for listening what's up guys we're back sgr 25 today we're talking about the tennessee titans uh, first place in the division last year, uh, returning AFC South champions. And uh, this is one of my favorite teams to watch, to talk about, to bet on uh, in the league over the last uh, two years, I would say. Um, I caught on to this team real early. As soon as they made the transition from Marcus Mariota to Ryan Tannehill, I was really early on this Titans bandwagon as far as seeing the potential for the offense to take a step forward with Tannehill. I was really uh, uh, pretty good at recognizing the situation where Tannehill never had a chance to succeed in Miami. Adam Gase ruins NFL players. It's what he's done his entire career outside of, you know, the years with Peyton Manning where Peyton Manning was basically running the show. Um, so once he got out of the clutches of Adam Gase, excuse me, guys, <clears throat> um, <clears throat> He, uh, he went over to Tannehill, much better system. Uh, I saw some of the chemistry he had in the preseason with guys like Adam Humphreys um, and Corey Davis. So uh, I, I really like how this team plays now that they have an established quarterback. Um, I compare Tannehill's career arc to that of kind of an Alex Smith, uh, where Smith struggled the first half of his career, several different offensive coordinators and systems. Excuse me. Um, but once he got into the right situation and had a talented team around him and a competent coaching staff, Alex Smith really took a step forward and became one of the better, more efficient quarterbacks in the NFL. That's how I look at Ryan Tannehill here. So this has been uh, probably the team that's made me the most money over the last two seasons. I did bet on them to win their division last year at pretty good odds. I think that, I think I got that above plus 150. Um, so that felt great. Um, Derrick Henry obviously is the focal point of this team in this offense, P probably the best pure runner in the NFL. The guy is an absolute freight train. So we'll talk about them in the fantasy breakdown, but I just wanted to, you know, kind of put that out there as far as how excited I am about this team and, uh, the potential for this offense this year as well, after bringing in Julio Jones and getting, um, an elite complimentary receiver for AJ Brown. So we'll talk about all of that, but quick recap of last year. They went 11-5. and five. They were the fourth seed in the AFC. They lost in the playoffs first round to the Ravens. Um, the Ravens and the Titans really have a, a pretty intense rivalry going right now. They talk a lot of shit to each other, and they, that was a pretty physical, uh, scrappy playoff game there. <clears throat> so... Um, the offense finished fourth in points per game, 30.7, and third in yards per game, 396. When you have a Derrick Henry in the backfield, um, not only is your running game going to be one of the best in the league, 
but it also helps you set up your play actions so much. That's part of the reason that Tannehill's had a lot of success with this Tennessee team is the fact that he has Derrick Henry in the backfield to force defenses to load the box and really read into that play action, which sets up um, a lot of open opportunities down the field. And uh, like I said, this is one of, if not the most efficient offenses in the NFL. They're a top four scoring uh, unit, but they run a low volume of plays and play at a slow tempo. They will, you know, beat you the fuck up physically with Derrick Henry and then call a deep play action shot to A.J. Brown or Jonu Smith. So uh, really good offense, really fun to watch, tons of fantasy value here. The defense not so good last year, 24th in points per game, giving up 27.4, and 28th in yards per game, uh, giving up 398. The turnover margin is where they really uh, made up for that lackluster defense. They were plus 11 in turnover margin. Like I said, probably the most efficient offense in the NFL. Sorry, guys, forgot to turn off my ringer. Damn it. Um, so, fuck. All right, guys, uh, most efficient offense in the NFL didn't turn the ball over a lot, so plus 11 in turnover margin. Uh, coaching, um, there's a couple changes on the uh, coaching uh, staff, but really I don't expect too many changes as far as how this team is going to approach games philosophically. Um, new offensive coordinator Todd Downing takes over for Arthur Smith. Arthur Smith uh, was, you know, the mastermind behind the efficient offense. Uh, he got the head coaching job in Atlanta. And um, a little bit about Todd Downing, uh, been in the NFL since 2005, offensive assistant on six different staffs at this point, Minnesota, St. Louis, Buffalo, Oakland, Detroit, Tennessee. So he's been around for the last 16 years coaching at the NFL level, um, getting a shot at offensive coordinator now. Like I said, I don't expect this team's offensive philosophy to change. It should look pretty similar. Um, Derrick Henry is going to be the focal point, and it's going to set up play action for A.J. Brown and Julio Jones. They might throw a little bit more this year because they have Julio. They didn't have a Julio last year. Julio's a big upgrade over Corey Davis. Um, but they're not going to shy away from the power run and the play action. Uh, new defensive coordinator also, Shane Bowen. Uh, he's been on the Tennessee staff the last five years as a linebacker coach and defensive assistant. Um, really, Mike Vrabel runs this defense, so I'm not going to spend too much time talking about Shane Bowen because uh, Vrabel is really the defensive coordinator, and he's really more of an assistant on the staff. So um, talking about Vrabel for a quick minute, if I could handpick the head coach for the Eagles uh, from my fan perspective, uh, he's one of the top probably three choices that I would look at in the NFL. Um, I love the, the bravado and the confidence and the swagger that he brings to this team. Uh, if you guys don't know who he is, he played linebacker for the Patriots during their first three Super Bowls with, uh, you know, Tom, uh, Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, and those guys in the early 2000s. He also used to get put in a tight end on the Patriots. I think he's got like seven or eight career touchdowns uh, from Tom Brady. So um, really great player, uh, knows how to win, comes from that Bill Belichick coaching tree. And he's a real uh, tough son of a bitch at head coach. He also is a very hands-on coach. He gets involved with his players. He'll, he's not afraid to put on the blocking pads and and mix it up with his defensive players. Uh, very hands-on with that linebacker unit. So 
Um, he's a tough guy. Also, uh, I think two or three years ago, he actually said publicly that he would cut off his own dick if he could win a Super Bowl as a head coach in the NFL. So what more do you want from the guy as far as commitment to this organization? We're going to talk about free agency, a lot of moving pieces for this team this offseason, a lot of big names leaving this team, specifically on defense. Um, cornerback Malcolm Butler and cornerback Adoree Jackson are both gone. Safety Kenny Vaccaro is gone. Uh, defensive end Jadavion Clowney is gone. Uh, defensive tackle Daquan Jones and cornerback Desmond King all gone from that defense. So that's not good. A defense that was already bad last year, losing a lot of starters. Um, and then on offense, biggest loss was starting tight end Jonu Smith, uh, getting a big deal with the Patriots and free agency. Um, and then a couple other guys starting wide receiver Corey Davis, former first round pick, didn't really pan out, but he had a decent year last year as a number two compliment to A.J. Brown. Uh, wide receiver Adam Humphreys didn't do much in Tennessee. He's in Washington. I think he'll be more involved in Washington reuniting with Fitzpatrick this year. And uh, um, right tackle Dennis Kelly also uh, left. So that's pretty much it as far as the key departures. Who did they bring in to replace those guys? Some decent names here. Um, big acquisition is trading for Julio Jones this offseason. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer. He's a freakishly talented athlete. I don't think he's done yet. I don't think Julio's washed up. I think he's still got a lot left in the tank. And the addition of Julio is really going to open things up for this offense, I think. Now you basically have, you know, two A.J. Browns on this team. That's what it is. I think A.J.'s in that freakishly athletic category that, you know, prime Julio is in. So it's really uh, – this is probably the best – no, not probably. This is the best – uh, wide receiver tandem in the NFL. I'm not putting a probably in front of it. This is the best wide receiver tandem in the NFL. So it's really exciting. Uh, they also signed uh, Steelers outside linebacker, pass rusher, Bud Dupree, who should, um, uh, he's a serious player. So that should help the pass rush. Defensive end, Danico Autry, cornerback, Janoris Jenkins, uh, cornerback, Kevin Johnson, all guys that they brought in on that defense to try and replace some of the losses they had. And then uh, some of the other, you know, depth players that we'll talk about here, right tackle Kendall Lamb, uh, tight end Luke Stocker, quarterback Matt Barkley, and wide receiver Josh Reynolds all got signed. Reynolds was the third receiver on the Rams the past few years. He'll step into that third receiver role on this Titans team. We'll talk about him in the fantasy breakdown. Really only one notable re-signing, offensive tackle Ty Sambralo, so nothing too crazy there. And then we'll talk about the draft. Um, I really like their first round draft pick. Uh, they took a corner out of Virginia Tech, Caleb Farley. He sat out last year, uh, opted out for COVID, um, but was projected to be a top 10 draft pick. Uh, you know, before the year sitting out, he fell to the 22nd overall pick because he didn't play last year in college football. And JC Horn and Patrick Sertan Jr. both had excellent seasons. So they were the top two corners drafted, but this guy had potential to be the number one corner in this draft. He's very athletic. He's a physical corner. So I think it's a value at 22. It's just going to be interesting. You know, I'm hearing reports out of Cincinnati that Jamar Chase is kind of uh, developing slowly in training camp. And he sat out last year, uh, didn't play college football, opted out for COVID. So it's going to be interesting to see if Caleb Farley has a similar kind of uh, lag and uh, a little bit of a slow start here for this team. But it'd be big if he can play like a, a lockdown corner for this team. They need it. 
um, at the corner position. I mentioned Norris Jenkins. Their other starter right now is Christian Fulton, who is a uh, second-year corner out of Alabama. So, uh, yeah, that's round one. Round two, they took an offensive tackle, Dylan Radins. Radins. Uh, round three, linebacker Monty Rice. And round three, cornerback Elijah Molden. So another young corner in that corner uh, room. Really the only veteran established guy they have is Janoris Jenkins. So let's talk about what this team is going to look like this year. Their strength of schedule is tied for the 13th. I looked at it. It is a tough schedule. It is a tough schedule. They benefit um, significantly from having four games against the Jags and Texans because those are two, you know, top bottom 10, potentially bottom five teams in the league this year. I think the Texans and the Lions will be battling out for that number one overall pick. And the Jags are a big question mark. You know, obviously they got the rookie QB, but how far does that take them this year? So that's cool. The Colts are a scrappy team. You know, it's a lot of that is going to depend on how, you know, how much playtime and what the quality of play they get is uh, from Carson Wentz. That Colts episode tomorrow is probably going to take years off my life talking about Wentz again. Um, But I like I like this Titans team to have success. Uh, they they play some tough out of division opponents that have to play the Chiefs. You know they have some tough games. They get the Steelers. They get the Seahawks. Um, so it's not going to be the easiest schedule, but I think they're capable of ripping off wins. I think this offense is going to be top five in the league again. Um, so the over under is nine and a half for their wins, and I really like this over. So like I said, it is a tough schedule. Um, I'm going to give you guys a little bit more detail on that. So they get some winnable games against the Jags, the Dolphins, the Patriots, uh, but they do have to play, you know, 49ers, Steelers, uh, Saints are a question mark, Rams, Chiefs, Bills. Um, So some tough teams, Colts twice, Seahawks, Cardinals. So, you know, it's kind of tough to guarantee where the wins are coming. Um, but I do think that this team is just good enough to win games. So over under nine and a half, I do like it. I might be betting that one for one of my season win totals. It kind of jumped off the page to me. This team can definitely go 10 and seven minimum. And honestly, this team, you know, I am a little bit worried about the defense, but I just think the offense is going to be so good. And Derrick Henry is such an outlier player as far as his ability to wear down NFL defenses um, that this team is just, they're built to win. Too much talent on offense, too efficient on offense. Good luck slowing Derrick Henry down in December and January, you know. So that being said, I also think this is a team that I'm pretty interested in some of these futures. Uh, Division is minus 200. I'm not going to be betting that. I think the Colts have a shot to win the division if they get MVP caliber Carson Wentz. Because that Colts team is no slouch. They're built well. Uh, A lot of question marks as far as Wentz and Quentin Nelson's health and the status of their foot injuries right now. Um, but, uh, they have a shot, so I'm not betting minus 200 for the division here, but where I do get interested is some of these other props conference plus 1125 and Super Bowl plus 2350. Uh, so far doing 25 of these episodes, this is probably my favorite Super Bowl future so far, aside from maybe the value I got on my Packers future where I got 17 to one. But if you can get 24 to 1 on this Titans team with Derrick Henry, Tannehill, Julio, AJ, and a great coaching staff, 
you know, they went to the AFC championship game two years ago. And it's almost like people forget about that because it was kind of like a late season momentum wild card run. But this is a team that eliminated the Tom Brady Patriots, eliminated the Lamar Jackson Ravens. And then, yeah, they lost to the Chiefs, but the Chiefs are the Chiefs, right? This is a team that was one game away from a Super Bowl two years ago. And like I said, that physical running game is how you win games late in the season. I wouldn't want to tackle Derrick Henry in the fourth quarter of a 20-degree game in January, you know? So um, I'm interested in some of these. I really like the Super Bowl bet at 2,400. That gives you so much room to hedge if they win a playoff game or two. And this is a team that could legitimately do it. So I'm all about these futures. Conference plus 11.25, Super Bowl plus 23.50. Yo, just throw 20 bucks on a 24 to 1. You know, if it hits, what is that, like 480? Did I do that math right? Yeah, like it's worth it. Um, so yeah, enough time on that playoffs. I like this one a lot too. I'll pr I will bet this. I'm just going to tell you right now, I'll have this bet. Yes. To make the playoffs minus 165, no plus 135. Even if the Colts somehow steal this division, how is this Titans team? Not one of the three wild cards. It's just, that's a lock. That's a lock. This team is going to the playoffs barring injury. I could say that about all 32 teams, uh, as far as, you have to stay healthy to have success. Obviously, this is the National Football League. But how does this team miss the playoffs? Who's going to edge them out? Are there that many great wildcard teams in the AFC? Um, yes, the AFC North has potentially three playoff teams there. But um, between the odds of them being favored to win their division and then the fact that, you know, there's three wild card spots to sneak in, give me the Titans in the playoffs all fucking day so let's talk about fantasy because you guys know i like this team to win there's really only four guys that you want to touch for fantasy and i love that about this team the the volume and the efficiency and who is going to be scoring in this offense is so ridiculously predictable that i'm all about all four of these guys Tannehill's going in like the ninth, 10th round of your fantasy leagues. He might be my number one target right now as far as fantasy QBs because he's going so late. He's shown potential to be a top five fantasy QB over the last two years in this system. And then you add a Julio Jones to this offense. Yes, they lost Janu Smith. But, you know, to be honest, they weren't giving Janu the kind of volume that I was expecting him to get in this offense. And I think they can supplement that tight end role with some of the other guys they have on the depth chart this year. Neither are, are nearly the athletes or the explosive elements that Janu Smith, you know, brings to that tight end position. But it's just a team that didn't seem like they were really wanting to get their tight ends that involved, even though they had a really athletic Janu Smith on the team. So, I think this offense is going to be just straight up Tannehill, Henry, AJ, and Julio. There's a couple other games, guys, that I'll mention here just so you know who they are, but this isn't going to take us very long here. I love Tannehill at the ninth, 10th round as your QB1. I think he's really safe. Are there going to be games where Derrick Henry has three rushing touchdowns and Ryan Tannehill doesn't score very much for you? That's possible. But I think it, the addition of Julio brings more stability to his floor. I think this team will be passing a little bit more. Obviously, it's Derrick Henry's offense, but 
Are you really going to give the guy 400 carries three years in a row? You know, they might be willing to open it up a little bit more with the addition of Julio here. So all about Tannehill as a fantasy value. Derrick Henry is going number four overall on average. Yeah, that's about where I'd take him. I actually, I think I'd probably take Henry number three. I think I'm more comfortable with Henry this year as my fantasy running back than Alvin Kamara. I'd still take McCaffrey and Cook over him because they have uh, that that passing volume. Um, But with the change at quarterback, we don't really know what the offense in New Orleans is going to look like. And the fact that they don't have many receivers to open things up for Kamara, uh, kind of just more question marks for him. So Henry is my third ranked running back for fantasy this year. Um, is he going to rush for two, 2,000 yards again this year? Probably not. Nobody in the history of the NFL has ever done that twice. But this guy is going to go over 1,500, and he's going to have double-digit touchdowns. You can just take it to the bank. Um, running back, backing him up is Darrington Evans. I think he's a second, maybe third-round running back, kind of more of the pass-catching role. But this team doesn't really put him on the field that much. I don't expect him to be heavily involved. I don't expect him to take any touches away from Derrick Henry. A.J. Brown and Julio Jones are the two receivers. I'm cool with either one. A.J. Brown's going late second, maybe early third, if you can get him in some drafts. And A.J. Brown is such a fucking stud. He's so good. I've had him on my fantasy teams the last two years. He was my keeper in one of my leagues. I think I got him off the waiver wire, and he ended up winning me a fantasy championship uh, after just going nuclear over the second half of his rookie season. And then last year, dealing with an injury early in the season, but after he got healthy, he was so fucking good for your fantasy teams. This is legitimately, I think right now, a top five receiver in the NFL. And I know when I throw that top five number out there, it's like, well, there's a lot of good receivers in the NFL. Are you really putting them up there with, you know, Adams, Tyreek, Hopkins, Diggs, you know, Justin Jefferson had a great year last year. DK Metcalf is a physical freak. There's a lot of guys that you can put in that conversation. I think AJ Brown belongs there. He is so fucking good. I love watching him play. So if you can get him as your wide receiver one in fantasy, I'm totally fine with it. I think this guy has potential to be the number one wide receiver in fantasy. Uh, Some people are doubting that with the addition of Julio. They think it's going to take away targets from AJ, but I don't really see that. I think there's plenty of opportunity for two wide receivers to finish uh, in this offense in the top 20, top 15, maybe top 12 in fantasy. When you have um, the play action setup that Derrick Henry brings you, and then you have the two athletic freaks of Brown and Jones. Just so much upside for explosive plays here. Julio Jones is maybe my favorite fantasy uh, receiver to target this year in all of drafts because you can get Julio in the fourth round this year. People are doubting it. It's his first time being a number two in an offense. You know, is he going to see the same volume and consistency that he saw in Atlanta? This volume, this passing offense doesn't have high passing volume. So is he going to see the same level of targets? You know, it's, I don't, I'm not worried about any of it. Julio's Julio guys. If you can get Julio's your wide receiver two in the fourth round, I think I mentioned if you can get Keenan Allen in the third and Julio Jones in the fourth, I love that. And it gives you the ability to target running backs early. So I'm all about these two receivers. I think they're both going to explode this year. They're both locks to go over a thousand yards. Um, other receivers to know about Josh Reynolds is really the only guy I'm going to bring up. He's the third receiver. This isn't an offense that puts three receivers on the field that often, uh, given the power run scheme. So 
not really a guy that you're going to be looking at for fantasy. And then there's two tight ends right now that are worth bringing up. I'm not touching either. Neither, neither of these guys are getting drafted in any sort of fantasy drafts except for super deep, you know, best balls and dynasties. Right now, the uh, starter on the depth chart is Jeff Swaim. And then the backup is Anthony Ferkser. I actually expected Ferkser to be the starter on this team. Uh, he did show some flashes as Johnny Smith's backup last year. But um, right now, Swain's the starter on the uh, depth chart. You're not touching either of these guys. It's not really worth talking about. So we're not going to talk about it. That's it, though, guys. I mean, just get all the Tannehill, all the Julio, all the AJ, and all the Derek you can because it's a very predictable offense, and it's going to be very good. Really excited for this team. Probably going to log off and place that 23-1 Super Bowl future right after this. Uh, This episode got me jacked up a little bit. So um, I hope you guys enjoyed it. I'm going to try and wrap my brain around the situation that is Carson Wentz and the Indianapolis Colts, and then I'll give you guys my thoughts on that tomorrow. So thanks for listening. I appreciate you guys every single time. And uh, what do I always say? Oh, yeah. Ramble on.